in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I'm very happy to be in this blessed diocese with my beloved Father, His Grace, Bishop Karas, and all the blessed fathers and uh, the son is here. I thank Sayyidna for giving me the opportunity to be with you in this retreat. And also, uh, I wish you all a very blessed and happy Feast of St. Mary, Mother of God, through her intercessions and prayers. May God give all of us successful ministry for the glory of His Holy Name. The first lecture, caring for the difficult people. But if we say the word difficult, if I look at any person as difficult person, this actually will paralyze me from serving him. Some people make us uncomfortable while we are serving with them or caring, serving them or caring for them. That's why I, I chose the title to be dealing while uncomfortable, while I am uncomfortable. But sometimes I am uncomfortable not because the other people are difficult or makes me, make me uncomfortable. That's why self-examination of oneself is very, very important and yielding to the voice of the Holy Spirit in my heart is very important. Listening carefully to the feedback I get, but in general, who are the people make us uncomfortable while dealing with them? For example, people who are ungodly or not obedient, not compliant to us or extreme difficult cases like violent, violence, domestic violence, abuse, unrepentant person, drug, uh, sexual immorality. And we have so many questions. Should I be firm or kind? Or how can I mix the firmness with kindness? How to be firm and kind at the same time? Because acceptance uh, is very, very important in caring for these people uh, effectively. Also, how I discipline them. What kind of discipline will help them? Because discipline in general should be therapeutic. So who are they? Who are these people who makes me uncomfortable? Sometimes there are people who don't feel comfortable around them for one reason or another the other people who are not compliant to my personal views what do I mean my personal views I start to think about myself if I die today what things will be changed in the diocese and I was thinking not for my personal glory. No, just maybe I am taking wrong decisions or making wrong rules. Uh, why, why I let the people suffer under these rules 
and wait until I die so they can be relieved. Yeah, after praying and thinking, I was able to classify these rules or principles into three categories. One category has to do with the teaching of the scripture, what's right and what's wrong in the scripture. For example, like the divorce. The divorce is the teaching of the scripture. When the Lord told us, if anyone divorced his wife for any reason except for sexual immorality, he commits adultery. It's very clear. So, if this is the rule in the diocese, and then somebody changed it after I die, they are not changing personal rule, but they are changing a biblical rule. This category should not be touched because it has to do with the teaching of God, teaching of the scripture. The second group, something it's very, very personal, not for spiritual reason, nothing, just personal reason. And I said to myself, all of these types of rules should be changed immediately. And the third group of rules, which I call it my school. Each one of us has his own vision, has his own system, has his own school. And nothing wrong to have your own school. When we study like the life of St. Paul or St. Peter or St. John, we can compare between different schools in ministry. And this should not be changed, but it's okay for the person who will come after me to use his own school. Nothing wrong with that. So I came into this conclusion, any rules taken just for personal reasons should be changed immediately. Things that are biblical should be kept and defended. Things that are school, then actually I will follow my school and I modify it as it needed for the glory of God. But some people enjoy violating the rules or violating the school. That's what I meant not complying to my personal views. It's not just personal for you, it's a school. Your vision in, in service in your church, I'm sure different priests have different visions. And nothing wrong with that. Some people, they try to challenge this vision. Some people try to challenge your school in the ministry. And they impose their school on you. Or the school of the church they grew up in Egypt, they want to impose it on you. That's one school, and there are different schools. So, these people sometimes they cause, they make the, the priest uncomfortable in his ministry because they challenge everything he wants to do in his ministry. Sometimes Satan triggered jealousy in my heart. Some of us, 
we become uncomfortable. If somebody outside this circle of loyalty, you know, uh, how, how to deal with them or how to care with them. Another group, people with strong opinions or personalities, even if their opinion is wrong. But, for example, some people come and they argue about why you don't allow women to take communion during the period. And they can argue and argue and argue and argue. Why we don't allow social drinking? And they can argue. And even after you try to give them all the, the reasons, they are not convinced. And they start to speak with other people. And they cause issues in your church. And this makes the person very uncomfortable the priest, very uncomfortable in dealing with these people. Also, weak sinners. What do I mean? All sinners are weak, but what do I mean by weak sinners? St. Paul differentiated between three types of conscience. Conscience that is very weak. Conscience that actually uh, see things from God's perspective. Conscience blessed and anointed by the Holy Spirit. And the third type of conscience, it's actually the loose conscience. Of course, the best one is the one anointed with the Holy Spirit. See things from God's perspective. But the two other type of conscience, a weak conscience and a loose conscience. Weak make things permissible by God unlawful. For example, God allowed marriage. People say marriage is wrong. God allowed eating meat, but people say eating meat is wrong. That's why St. Paul in Romans said the weak person eats vegetables because his conscience makes things lawful by God unlawful. That's the weak. And the loose conscience is the opposite. They make things unlawful by God, lawful. That's the opposite. So these people also can cause pain in dealing with them. So all the time, because of their weak conscience, they actually cause pain to Abuna in his ministry. Another group that people I perceive as trouble and division makers or offenders or rebellious sinners. Some people try to make divisions in the church. Now let's think about having a new church. Uh, let's split the church into... So people cause divisions. Or maybe within the church, among the servants or among the deacons. So they make people split against each other. Or the board. One person makes the board actually uh, split and divided against each other. So all these people actually make the priests uncomfortable while serving them. What's our reaction to this? There are different reactions. 
Some of us actually try to isolate and avoid these people. Just complete isolation and avoidance. Therapeutic means bringing person to repentance. Am I just reacting or am I thinking about their repentance and their salvation? Because that is the desire of God. No one will be will perish, but bring all to salvation. And I'm sure you know that all of us, there are three wars. Even Satan tempted the Lord Jesus Christ with these three wars. And as St. Paul mentioned in First Timothy chapter 4, at the end of times, people will be loving themselves, this ego, loving money, and loving pleasures, love of pleasure, love of ego or themselves, and love of money. And as clergy, these three words, Satan, are using them against us. Ego and pride, love of money, and pleasure. So Satan usually attack us. He tried to even tempt the Lord Jesus Christ. Pleasure when he told him turn the stone into food. Ego when he told him throw yourself from the pinnacle of the temple. And money when he gave him told him I can give you all the kingdom of the world. So many times ego can play a role. So control also can be the underlying reason. What is the difference between a controller and a leader? A controller wants everyone to submit to him, but he himself does not submit. That's a controller personality. A leader, a person who is leading the people through serving them, the servant leader, the servant leader. Many times, the underlying reason is what we call it spiritualization, التراوحم. What do I mean by spiritualization? Spiritualization is different from spirituality. Spirituality means you are growing in the spirit by the grace of God. But spiritualization, I am trying to make everything looks like spiritual, although it is not spiritual. For that tarot, it's not a true spirituality. It's fake spirituality. Underlying reason sometimes we give importance to the rules, but the Lord told us Sabbath is for the man, not man for the Sabbath. Any rule I make it, I should make it for the benefit, the spiritual growth of the people. Does this mean we should not have rules? No, we should have rules, definitely. But how you apply the rules? With kindness and with love. Rules are not divine that we worship. 
but rules are tools to serve the people and to worship God. And those who make the rules divine, many times they break God's commandment in order to keep their own commandment. God rebuked the scribes and, and Pharisees because they break the commandment of God in order to keep their own commandments. And sometimes the underlying reason is personal issue. And the last point, judgmental attitude. Judgmental attitude to label people. This is troublemaker. This is difficult. This, just we give everyone a label. Once you give a person a label, as I said at the beginning, you cannot deal with this person. Because every time you are looking at him from this filter, that he is a difficult person. And we need to differentiate between discernment, judgment, and condemnation. Because sometimes we confuse these three things, discernment, judgment, and condemnation. Discernment means the ability to discern between right and wrong. And it is a sign of spiritual maturity, as St. Paul spoke in Hebrews chapter 5. So when the Lord told us, beware of false teachers, that's discernment to discern that this teaching is false. When St. Paul said bad company corrupt good morals, that's discernment. I need to discern. So discernment is to say that's right and that's wrong. For example, if I hear somebody is cursing or swearing, I cannot say that's good. Actually, if I'm spiritually mature, I should be able to discern and say this is wrong. When it comes to judgment, judgment has to do with the judgmental attitude. It's about the person. You say this person is a liar. No, he just said a lie. Maybe he repented and in front of God, he's a repentant person. I cannot call him liar. Liar means you describe the person. There is difference between describing the action and describing the person. The Lord did not say to the Samaritan woman, you are adulterous, for this would be judgment. But he told her, you have five husband, or you had five husband, and the one with whom is not your husband. That discernment. Condemnation, it's a third level. When you say, how he takes communion. So you are passing, like, judgment on him. So condemnation here, not only I give a label to the person, but actually I condemn him. 
So for example, you can say, the Lord Jesus Christ said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. So the Lord said, hypocrites. Why you are telling us you cannot say liars? The big difference, he is God, I'm not. He is the judge of the world, I'm not. So there is no place here to comparison. And if you think about the Lord Jesus Christ, how many times he was invited by Pharisees and he went there and he dined with them? Many times. He did not exclude them from his service. But he was invited and he accepted the invitation. And this chapter, woe to you, he says it on Tuesday, two days, it was actually the last day of his preaching in the, uh, the temple. Because Wednesday he rested in Bethany, and Thursday he was arrested. So it was like the final message before his crucifixion. And the purpose of it, not to condemn them, but to lead them to repentance. Or we say, Elijah and the prophets of Baal and how he slaughtered all of them. And again we need to understand there is difference between there is direct commandment from God, the judge of the world, and my personal actually justification of my harshness. If God asked Elijah to kill all the prophets of the Baal. God knows what he's doing. He's the judge of the world. And we know he is just, fair, and also merciful. And we know that if anyone try to judge God, he will be overcome. As we say in Psalm 50, you overcome when you are judged. So I cannot justify my actions based on this. Or as I told you, when we say John the Baptist used harsh words, like he said, vipers, brood of servants. What about excommunication? And what St. Paul did with the person in Corinth who committed adultery with his father's wife? And he said, St. Paul said, put away from yourselves the evil person. I cannot just read First Corinthians chapter 5 without reading everything around it. What do I mean? In Second Corinthians, St. Paul explained how he wrote this letter. He said, with great sorrow and grief and many tears, I wrote to you. And after he excommunicated this person, he sent to Titus to check on them because he was not happy to excommunicate one person. And the plan was to meet Titus in Macedonia. All of this mentioned in 2 Corinthians. 
and went, when he went to Macedonia, he said, and there was a door open to me in the Lord, but I did not find rest in my soul, because he did not find tithes. Yeah. But he was in, in great sorrow. He couldn't actually serve, because he, he want to hear, hear any news about what happening in, in Corinth. Till he went to Terwas, and in Terwas, he met Titus. And Titus brought him good news. This person repented, and the church also repented, and they are ready to forgive him and to accept him, just waiting for you. And St. Paul rejoiced that God comforted him through Titus. And immediately he wrote the second letter in which he told them, show him love and accept him. Lest he swallowed by the great sorrow. So St. Paul, yes, he said, put away the evil person from yourselves. And he excommunicated this person. But don't take this and forget what he did after that. And all his feeling. And how he excommunicated him, not in a moment of anger, but he was crying with tears, with grief and sorrow in his heart. So you cannot just take a homily or a verse and then you justify your action based on this verse. You need to study the whole school of ministry or the whole school of St. John the Baptist or the whole school of the Lord Jesus Christ or the whole school of ministry of St. Paul or the whole school of John Chrysostom. And when we ask people to deal kindly or clergy to deal kindly, then they ask, should not we discipline the people Yes, we should, should discipline, but there are rules of discipline. For example, has be done with the spirit of love, not in anger. It should be therapeutic, meaning the goal of any discipline to bring the fruit of righteousness, as St. Paul said in Hebrews. Discipline is not seen in the temporal, uh, contemporary time for joy, but for pain. But it gives those who are trained by it the peaceful, peaceful fruit of righteousness. So, yes, discipline is painful, but it's like exercise, training with a certain goal at the end for the people to bear the fruit of righteousness. So there are some facts for us to remember. The first fact, when God actually sent the disciples, he told them, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So we are called to care for the lost sheep. Yes, the lost sheep makes me uncomfortable, but I need actually to care for them. 
this a, a commandment. The whole do not need a physician, but the sick. I did not come to call wretches to repentance, but sinners. And St. John Chrysostom L. in the, the church is not a hotel for saints, but the church is a hospital for the sinners. St. John Chrysostom called the church a hospital. And the Lord said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And we should remember that the title of our Lord Jesus Christ, what was his title? Lover of sinners and tax collectors. Lovers of sinners and tax collectors. We need to remember these facts in our ministry. In Acts chapter 20, verse 29 and 30, St. Paul said, For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. And there are five groups here. God highlighted in Ezekiel chapter 34 that we need to pay attention. These are five ministries. When he said, the weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. And a few weak, sick, broken, driven away, or lost. The weak is a person actually not growing, needs support all the time to grow in his spiritual life. The sick who is struggling with a certain sin for a long time. And the broken faced some disaster in his life. Masan lost loved one, Galo Masan, serious illness, Masan in a financial crisis, whatever. broken. Driven away, feel rejected. With a lost, like people lost for, like atheist people from other denominations or sexual immorality, etc. So these are five ministries, and we need to pay attention to these five groups. So let's come to the last point. Then how to deal with them? How to deal with it? It's spirit of vengeance. Well, an Isaac to heal him, to treat him, to save him. If Nafsulat choose a discipline that works to save the spirit, St. Paul, when he excommunicated, that the soul may be saved 
in the day of the Lord. يعني تقرأ in First Corinthians chapter five. حط الجول كبير that the soul may be saved in the day of the Lord. And keep the keep the balance between love and control. يعني ليل justice and mercy. حتى في parenting if you show love without control is permissive the bad style control without love is authoritarian or the bad style no love and no control that's negligent the bad style like in the best style in parenting to keep the balance between love and control love is full of control control is full of love نظرة مهمة اللي هي follow up after the discipline as St. Paul did follow up after the discipline في الدسقولية يقول لك ان انت if you excommunicate somebody hand him to a spiritual elder to lead him in the way of repentance so في الختام we need to be kind and discipline should be done with the spirit of love because the goal of ministry is to save the spirit in the day of the Lord should remember all the time as St. Peter said we are servants and not lords or masters glory be to God forever and ever